I am unashamed. What about you? So we get a lot of um, we get a lot of notes, emails, uh, letters from listeners, which we always appreciate. And there's just so you know, uh, unashamed nation. There's way more of you than, than there is of me. So sometimes we have help that helps us kind of read your stuff and try to get it to us. But um, uh, uh, Jeffrey sent a letter to to Mike Kellett, who's you know one of our preachers that WFR preaches with me, and um, I really appreciate uh, the note. And um, he's uh, he's currently serving in the in the armed forces. He was a Marine early in his life. Now he's in the Air Force, and he just told a really neat story. I'm not read the whole story, obviously, on air, but he um, just shared about what the podcast, how it reached. It. He was deployed, and it was during the pandemic, so you know he's already seven thousand miles away, and then he's quarantined on top of that. And he found our podcast, and uh, he was just kind of in a dry place spiritually, you know, just had kind of grown up and not been close to it, but it really spoke to him. So that connected in them to our live stream, and so it's just changed he and his family's life, and he just shared some really cool things in there. And we get a lot of military coins uh, from from vets and people that are currently serving. And by the way, we appreciate everybody's service uh, to our country. But he sent one that was unique because it wasn't necessarily a military coin, but it's it's fruit of the spirit is the coin. And then on the back, it lists the fruits. And he sent all of us one. And uh, I just wanted to – I know you're probably listening, and he's deployed right now. And so I just want to tell you, Jeff, we got your note. Uh, we got your coins. And, uh, you know, I, I love your heart. I love the – the way you've allowed God to to use this platform to to change you, and so, and I know there's a lot of other people out there that kind of have the same story. So, we're very humbled that God has put us in this position. I said before that Blaze, you know, Dad had a show. How this started, Dad had a show called In the Woods, and uh, it was great. It was a, a video blog and just kind of the day in the life of Phil. You know, stuff he does on the property, and, and but it always had a spiritual gift to it. And so Blaze has been a great partner for us. And, you know, they they approached us and said, hey, you know, we want you guys to do a podcast and we want it to be about the Bible. And I was like, yeah, we, we, we got that. We can we can. Do that. That's kind of in our bangs, though, Jay, you know, we we could try. What's, <laughs> but I think what's powerful about that is even where we're at Second Corinthians 10, because it has a almost a military feel when he get when Paul gets into that the weapons we fight with are not of the world and in different different places isn't there a verse I think somewhere in Philemon it says something about being a soldier no that's Tim, uh, first Paul to Timothy I thought it was Philemon Maybe in both. I, I literally have not thought of this verse. <laughs> it's on the right hand I would column. Say it's the ten, right column. Dad. Ten years. Right hand column. No, here's the one I was. That's second Timothy. Well, let me do mine. Two. I was right. Can I read mine? Yeah, read yours first. Philemon time. 1, he said to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, and to, I guess, some of the, the people that was with him, because I can't pronounce their names. But it says, our fellow soldier. Into yep. the church that meets in your home. Yeah. Well, he wasn't talking militarily. He was talking about same thing this soldier was. Yeah. The a person who, through the power of God, is showing love, joy, peace, patience, yep. kindness, goodness, gentleness. Right. Yeah. The Timothy said, "Endure hardship with us, like a good soldier of Christ Jesus," and no one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He uh, wants to please his commanding officer. He wants officer. to please his commanding officer. So. Which is interesting. I think that's why the Bible, I mean, Paul did that on several occasions, or and, you know, is because it's, a, it's chain of command is the mindset. In other words, a, a soldier, you know, signs on, to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Yeah. And that's the goal. And then there's the chain of command. So, you know, you may not agree with what the command is, but you're going to do it because you signed on to do it. So, I, I and it's volunteer. I feel like that's what we are. We're a volunteer. I, I like, that's one angle. And the other angle is when you're a soldier uh, act on active duty, <laughs> you don't, you don't, go to church 
Yeah. You, at, on on Sunday, and you're not a soldier on Monday. <laughs> That's right. And Tuesday. Yeah. And when when you're a soldier, you're a soldier. You, you completely. You signed up, and we signed right. up, and we said, "Jesus is Lord." You, you're 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 saying right now, I'm a soldier in an army. Yep. It's a spiritual army. Spiritual yep. things are on the right and the left. But this thing about you know, going reporting in for a couple hours, you're missing the point here. Even if you're right, this is a long. Even slog. if you're on leave, you're still a soldier in the. Well, even US. if you have your fatigues on or not, that's uh, right. Because if you bust in his house, start messing around. Guess what? A soldier, whether he has his uniform on or not, is fixed to bring you the fury of his training. That's now, right. If you have, and in broken- my case, I have a Bible that I'd much rather sit down and talk to you about. But if you're coming down in there to rob, kill, or steal, or rape, or whatever, you know, right? We, we've, well, you you know, have, as you a soldier, a as about... a soldier, I am well armed spiritually yeah. and physically. Well, I think you have a, a panic about, you know, something. <laughs> oh, hey, what are you talking about? No, not hardly. <laughs> but I was just making the point. You've seen the news media lately? <laughs> no, I really haven't. <laughs> I would be shocked about what was going yeah, on. Uh, I hear they'll come in and rob you. It's too depressing. <laughs> a lot of them, yeah. more and more of them. Well, Phil, it's hard to get out here. Um, if they ever get as far as where you are, then they, they really are. Trusty, taking... my trusty troops are this Bobo. Is that a dog bark? Is that a dog? I don't know. Bo- Bobo, <laughs> sneaky and freaky. I have yeah. three dogs, and they are loud with somebody, anybody. <laughs> I don't mean in the house. I mean if you pull into the yard, they are letting me know. We got trouble out here in the yard. Uh, that takes oh, me back. Great. That takes that takes me back to the Today Show. Remember when the Oh, Co- I know. He gave that Coda, same speech. Coda and Kathy Lee. They were like, you know, they're trying to keep it light and fluffy, you know, because one of the morning shows and the whole family was on the <laughs> thing, and they said, you, "Why? Yeah, I hear you, Miss K. You've got some dogs, you know." And Dad just jumps in and says, "Yep, we got dogs. That's our first line of defense." And after that, there's a hail of gunfire waiting on anybody that could. And Sal was over there. She like, said, what are you saying? That's where the Bible meets. Smith and Wesson. Meets Smith and Wesson. We got yeah. so tickled because they were like in panic mode. And so they tried to pivot to Sai. And Sai just goes, he doubles right down. Yeah. He said, we'd rather have a Bible study, but if a gunfight breaks out, we're all right. All the way home, Willie was saying, he, he repeated that. <laughs> well, what you, well, actually what you said that was so funny, you said, well, not if anybody comes in our house with a rape and murder on their mind. <laughs> yeah, it was too. It was, I was trying to forget that. It was so funny. I, we got so tickled because it we're was like, well, this. That, but I mean, you know, it is. These United States is way more dangerous than they were 40, 50 years ago, Al. I'm well, that's you. why we need the fruits of the Spirit. Look, we yeah. don't fight like the world. I mean, right. I mean, we it's uncomfortable I mean, we're to ready, read. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's why I'm saying every time we read something like that, we're like, yeah, but I guarantee if you come in there. But, I mean, I hate to tell you this, but the bottom line is you're going to, if you want to change the world, you're going to do it from the inside out. Yep. yep. It's just going. To, that's the way it works. Well, exactly, and you have to look at spiritual warfare for what it is. And even even with this thing you're talking about, Dad, I mean the 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 reason our culture is a dangerous place is because the evil one has wreaked havoc on entire cities and and huge swaths of our culture. I mean, in other words, they don't even know anything about God. Never heard about it. Don't know who their parents are. I mean, they live in with you know, some. They grew up with some relative, not even their parents. I mean, just think about how what's that's produced oh so we're talking about now you know we're getting into multi-generations of all removal from civility yeah you're so far from godliness it's not even you know they have no idea so of course it's going to be dangerous that's i mean satan is the the inventor of murder Oh yeah. So yeah, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a sad situation when he oh. wreaks havoc oh. on the entire parts of our civilization. I do see a movement out there. Uh, we've been at this podcast for whatever the last two or three years. It's been three, yeah. But I, I've seen more of a movement within the hearts of the the people of the United States. Would you agree? I've, I've seen a movement ever since this last election and all. I just It just yeah. seems like to me that it's beginning to turn, to turn back the other way. Yeah. 
I think so. Certainly, for sure, the lines are drawn clearly. You know, that first line of defense, you know, uh, not only our military, but the law enforcement. I mean, I mean, they, 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 they did a, they did a nasty deed. Yeah, that was for, just toward two law years enforcement. Ago, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what I was—I appreciate say, all every one of you people out there in law enforcement. I know a lot of Whew. a lot of um, you know people in armed forces and law enforcement listen to the podcast. So we do. We we thank you guys well, it was, deeply. It's nice to see though when he made reference to that fruit of the spirit. I love that. Me, but I brought up that Philemon because I was kind of reading along here. You know, it starts off. Paul said he was a prisoner of Christ. And then he said to Philemon, our fellow worker, and then the the point I brought up was this Archippus. He said our fellow soldier. But yeah. the whole thing he keeps bringing up that, you know, he says grace and peace to you. And I've heard about your faith, you know, in verse 5. And then he gets down to verse 7, and he brings up of fruits of the Spirit, which is just by illustration when you brought up that coin, oh, it says, yeah. your love has given me great joy. I mean, there, there's two of the the qualities. And then he goes on to say, I love is mentioned a couple other times, but he gets to verse uh, 13, and then he's like, well, I'm in chains for the gospel. Because when you think about the spiritual warfare, and he's like, I'm in chains for the, for the gospel. I'm out there sharing Jesus. And so what does the world do? Well, they'll lock you up physically. Yeah, they're like you're. They make you submit. Say no, you're 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 not going to do that. But he's speaking of love and joy and fellow soldiers. But this is all a spiritual quest. And my favorite verse in the whole thing, I skipped over it on purpose. But that verse six says, "I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith, so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ." And that is the exact opposite of what we normally think. Mm-hmm. Most people, when they say, well, I would share Jesus, but I don't know the verses. Or, well, I would share Jesus, but I don't have that talent. Mm-hmm. Or, once I gain a full understanding, I'll then share it, because I'm not qualified. But he's like, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Yeah. Think about that. Where's the, where's the text as, as though God were making his appeal through us? Well, that's Corinthians that's 5. Corinthians that's 5. what we just want to yeah. go. Yeah. 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 That, that's what that's I the mean. ambassador, right? Yeah. But you realize, I think, in this context, he's chained up for the gospel, which probably reminds him of when Jesus was going through his trials he was arrested. He was innocent. You know, I mean, I, I the you, apostle you can Paul relate. Was, well, he, at one time, he was part of the part of the problem. Well, right. I mean, he was he was he was trying to stamp out Christianity himself. Exactly. Just think about a guy that that, that then is just is just all of a sudden Jesus appears in person post resurrection and saying, "Well, what are you doing?" And, and you know, basically, it was a strange conversation. What are you? What are you doing? He said, uh, said, who are you? Who who are you? I mean, he's he's sitting there on his all fours looking around saying, what in the world? But but I I noticed that he wasn't doing any arguments. There was no arguing coming out of the Apostle Paul when Jesus said, I got a job for you to do. It wasn't like Paul was saying, well, I don't know. But I mean, he 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 believed pretty quick. He did. Let's uh, let's take a break. So one of my favorite sponsors that we talk about a lot, and it's really funny because um, Dad and I have been taking Omega XL. It's the only thing Dad takes at all. You know, I, I have to take a few other things too. But uh, people will say, people that know me, they'll say, yeah, I heard you talking about Omega XL. Does it really work? I'm like, I say it works every time. It it works personally for me, but it's almost like it's like, really? Like, but it does work. And uh, it's it's a great product. And the science of it, basically keeps your joints healthy because when you get older you lose what they call spms which is what causes the pain so this rejuvenates your joints and your muscles so it just it kind of brings you back to some of your youth when you didn't hurt so bad so check these guys out omegaxl.com slash fill you're going to buy a bottle then you're going to get a second bottle for free is a couple of months worth which is what you need it takes about eight weeks for it to really you know fully kick in for you but I'm telling you, it works. 
omegaxl.com slash fill, or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888 or omegaxl.com slash fill and get those joints rejuvenated. But Jace, you're right. It's the the idea of sharing your faith, that that phrase, which is a really good one, is why you have faith. I mean, everybody has that story of how did you come to that? What, what, you know, it's your story. I mean, at some point you came to faith, but I guarantee you there's somebody, you share that, then then somebody else is like, oh, well, that that impacts me. That's that's something I can do. Because your faith is in what? Right. An actual being. That's right. It leads them to the being that they're like, oh, but then it makes you have a full understanding because when you think of all the verses that says, you know, Christ lives in you and uh, even where we're at in Second Corinthians, the back end on 13, it says, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? That's 13, five. Yeah. Well, that's a big question. Right. Because my first impression would be, I. Do, you talking about a, a guy who was here 2,000 years ago, over 2,000 years ago, you're saying that he's in me? Well, this is seeming weird to the world. Right. Like, oh, you believe so. that you're possessed by the spirit of a person that was here over 2,000 years ago? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what we're, that's, is, that's what he's asking. Right. He's saying, that's why Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you. That's why when I, I, I talk to the naysayers who no, 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 they don't believe in God and all this, I'm talking with them. I usually end up by saying, let's just look at it logically, though. Who has the best story? Well, yeah. You with there is no God or globs or molecules to go around, you know, and then we die. And then that's, that's all of that. I said, or this. But they're thinking the resurrection this is sci-fi, Phil. Huh? They're thinking this is sci-fi. Yeah, I know. They're like, well, he was here 2,000 years ago, and now you're But when pressed, most of, them will, most of them will say, well, <laughs> if what you said is true, you you probably have the better story. But I like the idea that Paul was— Life beyond death. I mean, you know, you well, live I, on. I like the idea of what Paul told Philemon that, about the chains because there's people find themselves in different— circumstance and situation chains come in a lot of different ways he was talking about he was under arrest literally in chains but there's a lot of things that burden people they're born with something they got to deal with it maybe it's a, a you know a handicap or some situation but you when you see people say you know what I, i'm serving god no matter what i met a, a doctor at the event i was at last week in california tyler sexton's his name amazing man he he was born he was 28 week baby and he had cerebral palsy, so that you know they told the mom, "You need to abort the baby." You know he's he's going to be an invalid and all this stuff. Well, of course, you know she's a believer, so she didn't she's not going to abort her baby. You know she's she said whatever whatever happens, he'll be a, a blessing to God and to our family. So you know and it started out one of these deals, kind of like with Tebow. You know it was like you know he they went against conventional wisdom. So he's he has cerebral palsy, he had braces, you know, his whole childhood. You know, he said he was just, you know, made fun of his whole life. But he just had this strong dedication to God and to and to matter. And so now he's a he's a doctor and he works in pediatrics and NICUs, you know, where babies who were born early, just like my nan. So I was drawn to him right off the bat and he was telling me his story and he's written a book. And I was like, I mean, what an inspiration. Because this guy could have just said, you know what? I mean, I've got the, I got cerebral palsy. You know, I can't walk well. I've got other issues related to it. But he says. All these limitations. Right. But he went He's on like, it. no, uh, not me. And I mean, it was just, I told him, I said, you know, guys like you, that that's this is what it's all about. And it was because of his strong faith and his mom's faith that got him to that point. And so he just felt like there's the word can't is not in his vocabulary. And I said, that's the way we he should had, approach He had the brain power. Right. He was just physically. Right. He yep. has physical limitations. So what I'm saying is, in a sense, it's like Paul. He has chains because he's not like everybody else, but it doesn't matter because he's taking those chains and saying, you know what, that's not going to hold me back. And that's but what Paul it helps said. you, but you can't chain us up, really. No. I mean, it's like they say, I'm going to lock you up for sharing Jesus. No, you're not. Well, then they lock you up. They're like, see? You're like, no, you did. it never happened. Yeah. You, you can't lock me up 
the the spirit that's that's in me. I, right. I have the spirit of the living God. That's why these these verses when he said uh, in chapter twelve when Paul said you know he had the thorn in the flesh that we mentioned he said my grace is sufficient for you. I mean this is in red letters. For my power is made perfect in weakness. We're weak. Right. Sometimes we'll be weak physically. Some people may be born physically, but the spiritual warfare, this fruit of the spirit. It can't be chained. No. It can't physically be halted. Right. I mean, you can disguise it, and that's why that's why he's willing to be unchained. But that's why when you when when you receive the Spirit of God, when you be, when you become a believer and the Spirit of God now indwells you, it lives in you, is what the Bible says. So it's communicating with you literally, and it's a deposit about what's going to happen in the eternal. So you go back to 1 Corinthians 15. Guaranteeing what's to come. Exactly. He said your body is sown. It goes into the ground natural, but when raised, it's spiritual. Not spirit, spiritual. Meaning you can not only function in, in this realm, you can function in any realm, including wherever God is. But so the, the spirit is just this little taste of what it's going to be like in eternity. I mean, we just get that. In, and think about how powerful that is. I mean, it's life-changing. You know, we're talking about the mm-hmm. fruit that comes forth. Everything good, no bad. Yeah. Well, my point was uh, initially, so we function like soldiers from a spiritual standpoint. If you agree that you have Christ in you, because that's mentioned a lot. I mean, Galatians 2.20, I just read it, Second Corinthians 13.5, but it's, uh, there's other places. Uh you think about well how he operated. So he was having conversations. I mean, you just start picking them out. A religious guy came to him at night, you know, John three. So he starts having this this conversation about kingdom and the spirit, and it's like the wind, which is kind of what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. You can you know you can turn a big fan on fan on, but you can't do much about the wind. I mean. Especially like if it gets blowing really hard. Besides, say, there's a lake wind advisory, <laughs> which is telling you don't get out of the lake. Stay away from the lake. <laughs> so I'm like, why don't you just stop the wind? They're like, well, well we can't do that. Okay, well, that's the same thing. Right. People led by the Spirit. Now, was that Jesus's point or not? I think he was going down that road. You're yeah. not sure where it's come from, or where it's going, but. It can be powerful. And so then, you know, next chapter is a woman that we don't associate because you were born over here and you look different. But here's Jesus associating, having a conversation to start off about water. Yeah. And it got into living water. Well, he's talking about spiritual water. He was turning this, and y'all see where, yeah. and you know, it goes on from John 9 to we had a guy born blind, which is what you brought up the situation. Yep. Well, whose fault was this? And he's like, well, this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. I mean, where God's power works in these situations. Even John 8, the woman called in adultery. That's, yep. Everybody's got the rocks in their hands because churches, they can do that. People drive by and, they, and you say, what do you do? You can try to help them. Or you can throw rocks at the cars on the way by. (laughs) Sadly, that's what's going on in our culture. But my point is, he took things like things that happened in creation about agriculture, and he turned it all in. He took physical things real good about Mm -hmm. trees bearing fruit, good trees, bad Suppose a guy has a garden. And there's there's four things that can happen to the seed. Well, you know, you start thinking about it like, yeah, birds could come eat it up. Yeah. Well, some, you know, if you plant it in the wrong place, you got rocks. That is, that's not gonna work, you know. And some are out there; they they don't have any water. They get scorched, or right. And some just you don't know what the problem is, but they just won't produce any fruit. They're just, <laughs> just taking up space. And uh, then all of a sudden, you look, and some of it, you know, yeah, takes off. Yeah, you know, why is why is he doing this? Because it makes you stop and think from a spiritual standpoint every time. He's taking the physical and he's making some kind of spiritual application that's deeper. Well, that's true power. Yeah. Talk about true soldiering, because you're getting into what's what's making your decisions. I mean, you can 
you can work out every day and you can be trained with all kinds of weapon weaponry, but God realizes what we realize. You change somebody's soul and heart, right. especially when it's about something good, and you have the greatest weapon in a positive way that there is. And I think it all centers around those fruits of the Spirit. Those, those weapons right there, I mean, that that really makes changes in the world and people's lives. Right. Against such things, there is no law. You, you, it's, it's, but the reason why is it's being legislated. Is, is no. we're, we're touched by the eternal because it's, it's fruit of the Spirit. It's not our fruit. It's His fruit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It just flows to us. Let's take another break. Well, look, but, Jay, at, but Jay, before you go there, so I, I was thinking about, you know, I, and I just wonder. So I wonder if Saul, who was trained by Gamal, Pharisee of Pharisee, Hebrew of Hebrews, obviously had a lot going for him in the Jewish world. When he became Paul after he was struck down that road, and then, you know, he went out in the desert. Before he was struck down, in his mind, uh Jesus was not the fulfillment of all, what all the prophets no. said. In fact, he, uh, he was well studied with Gamaliel, you're saying. Yeah. But uh, he was actively. He, he actually missed Jesus. He was actively trying to stamp Christianity out. That's right. So I wonder, Jays, if, because if you, when you read Paul's letters, and I hadn't thought about this until you just said this a minute ago, that he did, he took Jesus' same approach of teaching from nature. And turning into spiritual, because you think about First Corinthians fifteen when he when he explained what the resurrection body is going to be like, where did he go? He went to the soil. He said, "You're going to, you know." He said, "How foolish, you know." You say, "What kind of body is it going to be?" You take a seed, you put it in the ground. What comes out? Totally different. A vine. You put a watermelon seed in. It's black. Comes out with a long vine with a bunch of watermelons that are green, red, and white. And so, where did the colors come from? Where did it all come from? So that's he, why that's why he did it. But I think that came first to planting your seed. That's why it says that creation itself leads you to a creator. Or yeah. you know, you have no excuse based on what has been made. You see God's invisible qualities. Right. You know, Rome, but what I love about that is it was an illustration from the ground. So if you look down, resurrection. Then he then he said when you look up, remember he said the splendor of the heavenly bodies, but also the earthly body, but they're different. Their splendor is different. Then he compared it to animals. Fish, us, he said, we all have different flesh, meaning that we will be changed in a dynamic way. But I just find that fascinating that he took that style of teaching. Did he get that from Jesus in those three years he's out in the desert having a power? I think it's because Christ lives in him. That's why. Because I don't know that he, I don't know that Saul, Jace, would have had that insight, but I think Paul did after he met Jesus. Don't yeah, that was that? my point because I was saying if Christ lives in us, and it actually took us, him a little while to get going. Well, right? he was three years in the but desert. Now, if Christ lives in you, this is where you get the ideas. Can you yeah. imagine what yeah. was going on his three years in the desert, sitting out there in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> I think it I was mean, a what, tutorial. What, what, was it? <laughs> I mean, you know, he had already met up, Jesus. Okay, it's eight o'clock. Time, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> three years, he just disappeared. And then it was like he came out and he was What's done. pretty amazing is it gives you a little insight for the ones who are converted, you know, and we're constantly seeing them and they 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 get kind of uh, antsy within the first month of their conversion because things and that they just thought this was going to flip a switch, flip a switch and yeah. everything would, would be better, it you know. Solid food is for them when the scriptures are concerned. Solid food is for the mature who, by constant use, have trained themselves to distinguish between good and evil. Take some time. It's going to take some time. It, does. it took the Apostle Paul. We don't know what he was up to the, in the training process, but. And it could have just it been seemed soul like searching. It was right? kind of like right. a one on one, whatever. That's what I've always imagined, but I don't know. I, all I know is when he came out of that situation, he was raring to go. But to Jace's point earlier, think about it. He had now, the Christians are very leery of him because he was trying to kill them just a little while, just a yeah. minute ago. The Romans, they didn't have anything for him. The Jews, they rejected him because they're like, you know, he's a turncoat. I mean, he literally was a man without any community Yeah, starting out. 
So I, I get it why he, in this text we get into, Jace, why he's like, look, I, I've suffered for the kingdom. And I, and I think back to when Jesus told him, remember he told Ananias, he said, I will show him how much he must suffer yep. for my name. And he did. I mean, his whole well, ministry. he says in 13.4, to be sure, he's talking about Jesus, because that's what he was trying to get them to return to. Right. Because, I mean, he just, he had just lit them up about their sins you know we we read in twelve twenty. he said i'm afraid that when i come I may not find you as i want you to be because he says i fear that there may be quarreling jealousy outbursts of anger faction slander gossip arrogance you know disorder and then it that's a little resume of the ones he was talking to yeah and so they're thinking well not a whole lot has changed but you may be thinking well he's just judging that they may not respond that way and he's like yeah here's why you'll respond that way because he says i may be grieved uh about many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity sexual sin and debauchery in which they have indulged so when you when you look at those two lists of sins he's saying i'm scared when i come that there's going to be gossip, arrogance, disorder, slander, factions, outbursts of anger, jealousy, and quarreling. Well, why would that happen? Those things happen if you break down each one. Quarreling, jealousy, anger, slander, factions, which is little groups that split it off. That happens when you're confronted by the sin in your life. You have two choices. You can either say, you know what, I'm right, I've sinned before God, I'm sorry, I repent. Or you can say, well, who are you? What what are you telling me? What happens? All these things, which is what he's saying, you are going to be upset because I'm going to confront you about your sin. You had not repented of it. You're you're looking into the metaverse instead of the metanoia, you know. (laughs) You have this fake world that you're living in where you're serving God and living it up the other six days of the week. And so so then he points them to Christ, but he he brings up this spiritual weapon that we're talking about, which is weakness, when he says in verse 4, for to be sure of 13, to be sure Jesus was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power we are, will live with him to serve you. Well, that the, the difference is, you say when I'm weak, you admit your failures. They didn't want to do that. They wanted to quarrel, get hot. Who are you to? So that's why the whole issue in these four chapters is they're like, well, who are you? Right. Talk about us. Look at your past. That's you why I, come in here that's and tell why me to what this to day, do? one of the statements is basically get that Bible out of my britches. You, you get that Bible out of my face. They don't want it. They don't want to hear yeah, that. Yeah, but people here were doing it in the church. Oh yeah. I mean, they were like. Well, that's what I'm saying. People see the mistakes that the, the Christians uh, make, and, right. and they use that as a as a weapon against them. Well, right. It's like you know, you're no better than I am. You know, you're out you there. go home and say I didn't like that sermon. You know. Yeah. It's like, well, why not? Well, the real answer is because he was right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're stepping on my toe. Hang on, hang on, Jace. Let's take a break. But I wanted to get to the point is, and I, I think this is a misunderstanding we have a lot of times. When he gets to verse 9 of chapter 13, he says, We are glad whenever we're weak, but you are strong, and our prayer is for your perfection. Well, you think, well, why would your prayer be for perfection? We we can't we can't be perfect. And then he says it again in verse eleven. He's like, finally, brothers, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Well, the last people on the planet that I would think would be anywhere close to perfection would be this bunch in Corinth. I'm not throwing <laughs> rocks at them. I'm just saying <laughs> the two letters in your life. Perfection? <laughs> so, but when you think about what is perfect, well, only God's perfect. And there, you know, when you read First John 4 that says, you know, perfect love, and First Corinthians 13, when he said, look, you need to pursue faith, hope, and love. And he was presenting love as really the ideal thing that they 
would pursue. Well, he Remember what John it. said, too, perfect love cast out fear. I think that's what he was talking yeah. about. But even Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, he gets to the end, and he says, be perfect because your heavenly Father is perfect. You're like, well, I can't be like God. But God is love. He says that in First John 4 also. Yeah. And the reason I think this is true and the, the point I'm making, getting back to the fruit of the Spirit, getting back to the point is that in 1 Corinthians 13, remember, that was his real big challenge. You're worried about all these other things. And he has this beautiful description of love, which is the greatest weapon on the planet. It is. It's the greatest weapon. It's not it didn't come from us. It come from God because God is love, 1 John 4. But then he says, aim for perfection. Now watch what he says. This is 1311. To my appeal, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. So it gets back to that relationship with God. God is love. That is your weapon. That is perfection. Yep. And you are really messy people. And the way out of it is a focus on Jesus and then an application of love in your in your life. That is perfection. Right. It's not your perfection, it's his. But if you're not willing to humble yourself and admit your weakness and and be open minded to what I'm telling you, it's never gonna happen. Then he basically repeats himself. He says, may the grace of the Lord, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Spirit, which is where those fruits are, be with you all. Which, I by the way, there's Father, Son, and Spirit again yep. in his clothes. Exactly. Uh, you know, but but look, Jez, you're right. And the reason you are is because, remember, we talked about this on the last podcast. He used his own weakness. Remember when he said he had the thorn? Mm-hmm. He, and he said, Jesus told me. I mean, so he literally told him, my grace is sufficient. He said, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In other words, you saying, I can't do anything about this, but I'm totally trusting in you. That weakness is what makes his power perfect because that's when we fully submit to yeah. him. I mean, that's that's ultimately well, the, the goal for all of us. So, so this past weekend, you know, I was teaching a class about sharing your faith. And I did kind of from Philemon. I was like, you know, you, you just have to go out there and have conversations and use the creation as illustrations to introduce Jesus. Right. No matter what comes up. And y'all have heard my little speeches before. I came up with the three questions based on Acts 17 about explaining the unknown God. And I did the same illustration every time. I'm like, close your eyes, picture guy, what do you see? I think the first person said, a man on the clouds. These are church people. This is not... Like I was down here, bingo hall, asking people. I had a man on clouds. We had a big light. And then I said, anything else? I was getting nothing. I said, so, I said, how many of you? I said, I'm going to give you an answer that you may be too embarrassed to say. Because I, I said, close your eyes and picture God. I said, nothing. <laughs> so I saw some snickering around. I know people, because it's, you know, I've done this for years. People, they just lights go out whatever reason, because it's this is done by faith. It's kind of a trick question. Yeah, it is. But and Which my is point, one reason why they're not answering, because they know there's probably... Well, they're like, what is the answer? I've never... <laughs> what is this? You, what verse is this? <laughs> and the reason I do that is because I'm going to get to Colossians, which we're going to study next. But Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So somehow or another, now that verse is in stone. And you also have a backup, John 1, he came to make God known. That's John 1, 17. So some form of Jesus should pop in your mind, whether it's just to go Isaiah's version, not just a beautiful like what you see on TV with the blue eyes. and. Right. But I guess now I might see the guy from The Chosen, and I think that's okay. But because that's what they're trying to give you an image of right. what God is like. But when you watch The Chosen or you – See something like that. Is it the way he looks that's getting your attention? Or is it the character? The things he did? Well, that, that it's a man embodying the characteristics of true spiritual weapons. I mean, love. Because the, the prophecies said. about him, Isaiah and others said, there's nothing going to be special about him. 
Not at all. I mean, he'll be very... Like one from whom men hide their faces. <laughs> well, physically. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why I said spiritually it's different. But how do you envision that? What's well, impossible because faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. But to my point, so I go through this whole thing about three questions, Acts 17. All these are icebreakers. You know, how did we get here? What are we doing here? How are we leaving the planet? And I could tell everybody was like, well, this is fascinating. You know, where'd you get these questions? I'm like, they're pretty basic. You look around how to get here. What, what do you think I should do here? Well, how am I leaving here? All those are morbid questions without Jesus Christ. Because they all have dead ends or uh, are up for debate. And none of them without Jesus will produce these fruits of the Spirit right. on a consistent basis. You may have temporary moments of happening. So I go through the whole who Jesus is, why he came, uh, you know, the gospel. I mentioned 1 Corinthians 15, but I mainly did it through Colossians. But I brought up this one point about, uh, because someone asked a question about the resurrected body at some point, and, uh, which, which was interesting. And so I go to John 21. I have a point here. Hang on, Jess. Let's take a break. It's just taking me a while to get to it. But... I brought up John 21. I said, you ever thought about, because I said, as a fisherman and a hunter, I remember early on in my faith, and I've used multiple examples to start a conversation about Jesus in a hunting and a fishing situation. But I always loved this story in John 21 because we were commercial fishermen down here, and we caught lots of fish in nets. And so there's this story where, this is post-resurrection, though. The disciples, they're out there fishing and cutting things. So this guy tells them, hey, throw on the other side, a throw. And they catch 153, not a mesh is broken, which would be a miracle. And then they realize, you know, it's Jesus. And he's like, bring some of the fish you've caught. And then they sit down and they have this breakfast moment on the seashore with a guy that was dead three days before so i'm like why would he do that i asked the question in the class mm -hmm. well one guy said well to prove he was alive it's like okay agreed but if you read in verse 13 this is the third time he's appeared to him yeah, because he walked I mean, through the door one time. <laughs> how many times? I mean, he, if he, it was just that, but if I mean it's just, yeah. and, and I'm bringing this up because of what we read in in Second Corinthians, the reason they didn't want to change their life, and Paul mentioned it, is that. Well, let me get the correct phraseology, but in Second Corinthians thirteen, he says. In verse 3, since you are demanding proof, yeah, that Christ is speaking through me. They wanted proof, now, to where I started earlier, that, that Christ not only lives in you, because that's what Paul was saying. You examine yourself, see if Christ lives in you. And now he's asserting that he's speaking through him. So, well, that's a big claim here. And they're not focused on Jesus, therefore Jesus is not speaking through them. Right. They're they're not they're not active in sharing their faith so they can understand everything good thing they have in Christ because there there is no faith in Christ at this point of their life. For a lot of them, that's right. Yeah. So it's not, but it's a it's amazing. They're like, "Well, prove it to us. Why are you going to prove that? How, how are you going to prove this is Christ speaking in through me? Because it just seems kind of crazy, you know? Right. And so I asked the question, well, why, why else do you think he did it? Was it to stay alive? You know, we eat fish or something. We eat something because if you don't eat after a while, you will die. You'll die. So, so you can say, well, I enjoy eating. Okay. <laughs> but you have to eat. If you don't eat, there's a problem. You say, no, I just do it because I enjoy it. No, you have to do it somewhere in there. But... If you just came back from the dead, that's not, I don't think you have to eat. Would you agree? I, I think that you're good to go. <laughs> food is you, well, once we agree with that, <laughs> right. if you came back from the dead, 
you would no longer have to eat. So why is he doing it? So you just start thinking about this. Why is he doing this? I mean, this is the third time because if it kind of, I'm saying it might be just to put another exclamation point, but I just kind of get away from that because I'm like, once you've proven, once you've, once you've come out and said, I'm alive. You've beaten death. What? Do you have to keep proving that? Oh, I'm still here. Doesn't make sense to me. So I was like, and you probably have figured out what I'm thinking. The only reason I could think of, because you think about in the in the past, why do you get together and eat with people? Usually. I mean, the number one reason. Why are you doing it with other people? Because you love the people you're with. Mm-hmm. We gather up at a table. It's community. You love these people. Your family. You're... You don't all, now some people do it, which is probably not a healthy thing. If you grab your food and everybody runs off to their room, that that's probably not going to be a good situation right. moving forward because you don't have a relationship with these people. That's what Corolla told us, remember? That's how he described it. And he he said, I when I listen to you guys or Prager you know, talk about family and they have their you know, their Jewish family, when they get together on Friday and their, their whole family, he said, I, I envy that. So my the point way he is, at it, what is yeah. the conversation that happened right after this? You had this conversation with Peter that he's like, do you love me? Because I guarantee you the reason he ate them fish with him because he loved him. I mean, he was like, this is this is it. Uh, there's no other reason other than he's with them. It, this is, we're doing something fun like we've done before, fished. Because they all, I mean, we really appreciate this because I know that was fun. Right. You're catching nothing from 153. These are the legend stories that are made. I remember that day we had fished all day and hadn't caught anything, and then all of a sudden it was like a light switch. And there we were. I remember me and W.E. one time up Darbon Bay, we caught 100. And the only reason I know we caught 100 because we stopped. I said, let's stop at 100. <laughs> but we had fished all morning yeah. and caught nothing. And we kept trying different things, and the water was up. And right, let's go north. We went eight miles north, and it became a famous story because it was like this. Well, this was a miraculous story that led to a an encounter and a full understanding of everything they had in Christ, which, which is my point. They thought, oh, not only can he beat death, not only is this a great story, but he, he loves us, even though we all ran off and— did what we did and so you have this beautiful story of love i mean i i I just think that's what he was trying to get at with the corinthians and it was hard for them to be open-minded about it because they had a lot of junk in their life and they they just didn't want to deal with it you know of course that's what i I another interesting i could identify with it pretty good because i will have to admit didn't but three of us actually see the results but Jay's there. He was one of the ones that saw it. One morning I went out there, and I caught in one net. That net's about probably 15 foot long, a hook net, six foot hoops. But Jay's pulled up there, and it had taken me a couple of hours just to get them out of the net because there was 1,000 pounds of fish in that net and i had to get them over there on the bank and back my truck up down there <laughs> and 50 pounds at a time i started pouring them in the back of my pickup truck and the whole bat bed was full in the bed and jace pulled up there and, and walked over and he saw him there he said good night <laughs> was no, it catfish yeah and then no i said I think I want to sell these things. Remember, yeah. I said, we can do it. <laughs> Jay said, we need to. I said, you and your mama, y'all divide them up in two, two pickup trucks, go up there to town, ease around. Into- well, that seemed like a good idea at the time. But, you know, I went up there and started selling them one at a time at the first store. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> They've got too many fish here. <laughs> I mean, they're going to ruin before I get to the end. So I ended the- up pulling out a bar. Yeah, I've at done about, the same thing. At about 11 o'clock in the morning. Yep. I mean, it was one of these, you know, Angry Hills or something, whatever the name of it was, something like that. You know? <laughs> <Just> Broken promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the door was open. It's the only reason I, I, I did it. I stuck my head in there, and there was about four or five people that looked like they had been there for years. 
It was just a slow. The whiskey, the whiskey was flowing early. It literally, just hadn't moved. How long had that been yeah, on the stool? And I said, "Y'all want to buy some fish?" Because I thought this ain't gonna work. Because they don't spend all their money on whiskey, right? And they said, "Well, how many you got?" I said, "More than you could ever eat <laughs> in one sitting." So they all ambled out there, and uh, they looked under the. I had a tarp over the back of them when I put the tarp up. They were like, "Good, great, what?" And it was just kind of silence. And then the guy who was behind the counter, the bartender, he said, "How much for all of them?" I said, "A hundred dollar bill." <laughs> They were worth way more than that. Oh, yeah. But I just thought. This is how you move them. Get what you can get. This is wholesale. (laughs) So he said, deal. (laughs) He come out with a $100 bill that looked like it had been under that bar for years. It had like rusty. (laughs) He had gotten it out of some box. (laughs) He had been saving that for something special. (laughs) I've told this story before. So for the next few weeks, every time I went by there, it was like, Fish fry, eight dollars a plate. <laughs> he made that hundred dollars back many times over. Oh, uh, so funny. But what would made uh, that story better, Phil? Your story and my story is if you'd have been dead three days later, and we—I mean, three days before—and and that would have happened. That's right. And then we'd have had the fish. That's right. And you're eating with a resurrected man. I mean. Because you love each other and you... It created the volume of fish a rather... It created a pretty rousing response before all the smoke cleared. It did. Well, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about this. I had a thought come up from my sermon the other day I wanted to talk about in the... uh, in the bonus segment and unashamed overtime. So well, I never got now. to my notes. So. I know we're going to do that next podcast, Jason. I knew we were going to get there. So we'll see you on the overtime. Thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.